poem was written after the murder of Mike Brown. The Walking Dead for Mike Brown's Everywhere. The Walking Dead, the targets on their head, the Big Papa complex, born to die. The pluck roots, the darkest berry with the sweetest potential riddled with ammo. Laying and rotten corpse, bleeding black gold into America's roots. We went from field hands and hung men to gangbang and dead man, the walking dead. The guilty by color, the victim of happenstance. The one who's usually unarmed and aimed at. The ones never legally protected and always unlawfully eliminated. The ones beaten, probed kicked, choked, the ones who are emasculated and decapitated, the ones who are born to be feared and raised to be fearful, the stopped and the frisked, the unprotected and the underserved, those beautiful brown boys and girls who could be great if their fate didn't lie in the hands of oppression. Those people with almond-shaped eyes, full lips, robustness in their hips, kink in their scalps designed to uphold crowns, shine in their smiles, sweet nectar of melanin in their skin. Being ripped through and through by hatred, greed, oppression, racism, and sin. I weep for them. I'll write for them. I fight in memory of them. Let them not be forgotten. Amadou, Sean, Trayvon, Oscar, Kamani, Timothy, Emmett, Marcus, Sandra, Martin, Malcolm, Eric, Khalif, Mike, Philandro, Ahmad, Brianna, George, and many, many, many more. Beyond the skies, it's been a long, oh, a long time coming, but a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it It's been a long, a long, long, long time coming. But a change gon' come Oh, yes it will you're, you're, you're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions You ready, my man? Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you Check this out man Spoken Soul Sessions Oh my god This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Bold stances and looted dances got us here You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black Family. What's good? Happy to be in the building today. I hope everyone's day is going as lovely as mine. What's good, Spoken Soul Sessions family? 
It's a beautiful day today And we have a beautiful When I say beautiful, I'm talking about a beautiful guest In the studio today This queen right here is an author A spoken a spoken word performance artist Let me give this sister The introduction She deserves I'm talking about none other than The beautiful Ayana McNeil A native of pre-gentrified Bed-Stuy Ayana grew up being exposed to the beauty of storytelling and the power of freeing people's minds through writing. At the age of 12, she fell in love with poetry and began writing. The daughter of an educator, Ayana learned that the importance of education and responsibility of sharing knowledge in early life. She attributes her upbringing to why she writes and why she chose to become an educator and mental health counselor she graduated from the nation's oldest historically black university, Lincoln University, PA, in 2008. She then earned her master's from Alfred University in 2010. As a poet, spoken word performer, and cultural curator, Ayana has been called Harriet Return. She created an LLC to promote her various artistic part projects with the same name. Ayana has performed on stage, television, and radio alongside seasoned artists such as Saul Williams and Abi Odun Oyewale of The Last Poets. Ayana released her first collection of poetry, Before There Were Guns, There Were Gods, in 2010. Currently, she's a member of the Power in the Pen Writing Workshop and completing a trilogy of fictional suspense novels entitled Half of What You See, the Scars of Love, None of What You Hear, Redemption and Repairs, and Everything You Feel When Trauma Creates Mayhem. Ayan is also a motivational speaker in the process of creating a collection of motivational daily messages to be released later this year. Spoken Soul Sessions. I want to give a warm, warm welcome to Miss Ayana McNeil. Hey Queen, how are you? How are you? How are you? I'm blessed. How are you, Poetic Black? Thank you for having me. Most definite, Queen. Most definite, man. I am so excited to actually have the opportunity to sit down with you. I mean, your spoken word is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Thank you. Phenomenal, man. And um, we gotta get into some of these pieces that you did. One particular piece that I want you to unpack, man. We're going to get into that later. We're going to get into that later. But the number one question I ask all my guests when they come on the show is why poetry? Why did you choose this as to have to, to have so much passion towards it to dedicate your life into producing products? And spreading your words so people can hear. So I'm gonna ask you, Miss Ayana McNeil, why poetry? Why spoken word? That's a great question. For me, I think uh, there are no limits to poetry. Um, there's lots of different pieces of literature out there, but poetry is free. Anybody can write a poem and people can critique it, people can like it or not like it, but it is what it is once it's created. Um, And it isn't for everybody, it's for who it resonates with and it's just free to be. And so that's why uh, I say poetry is my first love. I write in other ways, but I always go back to poetry because it's free. I'm free to just tell whatever truth I want to say in the way I want to say it, it's colorful, it's it's alive. Um, I think it's the language of the soul. And so I fell in love with it at 12 years old. My brother wrote a poem and read it to me. And I was like, oh, if he can put words together like that and do some dope stuff like that, I can do that. 
And I've been inspired ever since. So I think that poetry is the freest expression of an artist. Wow. Definitely. I, I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. I mean, it's this one poem that I listened that you performed and it really shook me. It really, really, really shook me because I was just speaking to someone about this very same thing. The poem I'm talking about is Niggas Scared to Believe. Oh, I was going to perform that today. Oh, oh, okay. oh don't worry. I was going to ask you to perform that today. Okay. That, that, that is, that's so beautiful because I, I, I really want the audience to get into this piece. This piece I thought was just so profound because you tackled it at an angle that I actually myself looked at it as. So I was like, it really stood out to me. Like oh. we we're so, we're so, I don't even want to get into it now. And when you, when you recite it, then we'll unpack that. But I just okay. want to tell you that piece right there, queen is phenomenal, phenomenal. But thank you. But, but let's get into the, uh, the aspect of you, you have your masters, don't you? I do. Oh, wow. I do. That's 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 in education. In education. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. So you're not just a performance artist. You you're also actually into the literary arts also. You wrote a book? I did. I am very proud of my first debut novel, Half of What You See, The Scars of Love. Um I have in in so many ways been inspired by educators. My mother is a retired school principal. Um, all of my mentors are educators in some way or another. So I went to school to uh, become an educator to be a guidance counselor and got into counseling and mental health. But writing has always been an outlet for me. Uh, I say that writing saved my life when I was a teenager because I just had a way to say the things I needed to say. Um, and so I was in college and I said to myself, I had already been writing poetry for many, many years and was very comfortable writing poetry. But I was like, what if you write something else, write differently? What if you try to write a book? And so I just wrote a book for fun. I tell people that all the time. They're like, who writes a book for fun? But I do. And, <laughs> um, and it sat there for many, many years, over a decade. I didn't do anything with it. And then I joined a power in the pen writing group. And shared the book just to be a part of the group. And the group was like, you really need to publish this. The story is really, really good. And so one book became two books. Two books became three books. So it's a, it's a trilogy series, uh, murder, mystery, drama, suspense, all that good stuff. And the, and the first book is out. Yeah, I like that. So what we, where can we purchase it at? Where can we Great purchase Great question. That? So you can go directly. If you want a signed copy... You can go directly to my website, which is www.harrietreturned.com slash books. And you can uh, purchase a copy there and then I will sign a copy for you and mail it to you. Or you can get it on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. So if you Google me, if you look up my name and you look up the title of the book. I definitely uh, want to get it. I want to see the scars of love. Oh, definitely. I'm showing it off to my baby. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> my newest baby. You can you can cop one off of Amazon as well. No, I want to cop mine directly from you, man. I want I want you to get all of it. I want you to get all Thank of it. I want, I want the autograph copy. That's the one I want. Definitely. Thank you. It's so, good. It's a good. I, I tell people it's like watching a movie on the page. It's very, mm. it's fast paced. It's a page turner. It's drama. It's gonna keep you. It's gonna keep you engaged and at the edge of your seat. You're gonna want to know what happens with these characters. There's some good stuff in there. Definitely, I'm definitely gonna get that. And like, I like the titles. How you titled them too? Believe half of what you hear, and then you give the subtitle, and then you, you Thank know. You. But they all, but they all coincide with each other. And I like that because I can, I can tell by the title alone, it would be something that I would be interested in. I like oh, the way you titled you. it as I a marketing that. strategy. As a marketing strategy, it was very on point. Just the Thank title you. alone. Just the title alone. But definitely, my sister, I want I want the audience to get a taste of what okay. I what I experience. So I'm okay. gonna ask you, because I really want to get into this piece, man. Uh niggas, okay. niggas scared to believe. Cause we gotta talk about this. But uh if you, you if you please, if you can recite that one first, let me set the stage up for you, Queen. 
As a matter of fact, let me give you a, a minute. I'm gonna play. A, I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play some from my sponsor, and then give you time to set up, and then I'll just introduce you when we come cool. back. Hello, this is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm spoken soul sessions. Welcome to the lovely Miss Ayanna McNeil. Niggas scared to believe. Y'all know niggas love Jesus more than Jesus love niggas, right? Oh, I feel the air getting tight. Let me clarify. If niggas devoted their praise, magnified their faith, and took a look inward, they'd find the God they needed all along resides right in the midst of their own existence. We were made in God's image, but our views got distorted and we've somehow lost our spirit chasing religions. Perhaps, I should say, niggas love Christianity more than Christianity ever fucked with niggas. Niggas been down on their knees so long they've seemed to have forgotten the chains and the whips. Niggas left their native tongues and gods behind when they were dragged onto them ships. Land stolen and empires crumbled in the name of King James had a white hippie embedded into niggas' brains. Told, hold on just a little while longer. Heaven lasts always as niggas slaved under fiery rays, sling cotton and counted our days till the God they gave us would come forth to carry me home. Niggas love the lies that lull them into believers. The Bible's bursting at the seams with bedtime stories of waiting in waters and of the glory. But we know the truth. The hunter gets to tell the story after they slaughter the magic out of you. They entrap you, they abuse you, and tell you to turn your cheek or drop down to your knees. And we all know niggas love being told what to believe. The Satan in them knows your every mistake. That's how he's able to take your land, your peace, your soul, your light. Offer you Babylon disguised as paradise. Tell you they'll feed your soul, but don't offer you a goddamn bite. Tempt you into obedience. Make sure you eat all the apple eaves. Niggas love to be told what to believe. If only niggas could see how much favor God gave us, how the stars align in our pupils, or that the galaxies are etched into our palms, how our melanated magic helps us manifest blessings effortlessly. We were made. We were crafted with the creator's care and brilliancy. We were made to be gods. But that's something niggas scared to believe. Thank you. Oh, oh man. This, oh, man. This piece right here. One more time. One more time. Oh my God, this piece right here, my sister. This piece right here. Let me tell you first. Let me tell you first how this piece affected me. When I when I heard this piece, because I, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we were talking about energy. And and I was like, yo, listen, the very first ship that was built to come over and take slaves was called the good ship Jesus. 
I wrote I wrote a poem called Feel It in My Bones. And then it's a part of the poem when I said, uh, I said it was the same cross they forced upon us. The same mm-hmm. cross clinging to the flagpost of the ships meant to host us all. Now, mm. when I when I think about that, because I really thought about this and energy is real. This is something that I've 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 come to the conclusion of. You know, and I know many other people have come to this conclusion that energy is real and it's not it's never it's never destroyed. So when they came over on that good ship, Jesus, they came on that ship and they prayed before they got on that ship. Hmm. They prayed to that God that they gave you to get to their destination safely. And they were safe when they got there and then to return safely and they returned safely. So this is the same God they called upon to enslave you. How is this going to be the same God to liberate you? And energy is real. And and I know this not about, it has nothing to do with God itself, but religion. And a lot of times people misconstrue the two. Some people Absolutely. look at, they be like, oh, you talking about God? No, I'm talking about religion. You know what I'm saying? They they make them synonymous with each other and they're not. And, and the thing with our people, I believe just me personally, because coming from a person who has been very religious, I mean, very, very, very religious coming from that. And now, you know, I see that our people have have really have been uh, undermined or we've been we've been given the shitty end of the stick. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to religion man, and we're, we're praying and we're giving energy, we're continually to give energy because we love to pray. Nobody prays more than us. And we give right. this energy. We give the same energy to the same God or entity that was used to enslave us. And it's something that's deep. We will never be able to get liberated. That's when I read, when I heard this piece, I was like, wow, this is just so profound. I love the way you put it together. And it, it, it just really touched on that sentiment. So I want to hear in your words, like, what were you thinking about when you wrote this piece? Like, what was going on in your mind? What inspired it? What sparked it? I want to know, man. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you made the distinction between God and religion, uh, because that is that's right in the pocket of where I was. Um, we have been taught religion. We have been uh, it has been beaten into us. It has been branded into us. It has been uh, stuffed into us. But we have always known God. We have always been connected. You said nobody prays like black folk. No, but there is nobody in the world that worships mm-hmm. the way that we do, with the passion and the intensity that we do. So we know God is real. We've always known uh, in in the divinity of God. What we forgot is that God is ever present in us, um, and and like you said, energy cannot die, and energy cannot be disconnected from you. And so what. What was ha- what happened was when we were given religion, we were controlled. We became a slave to the religion and moved further and further away from God. Um, and the first line is, you know, niggas love Jesus more than Jesus love niggas, right? And I was intentional by using the word nigga. Mm-hmm. I was intentional um, in the placement of Christianity in the poem and of mentioning religion, because this is not a poem about God. Mm. I believe in God. I'm a believer of God. I have spirituality. I know God is real. I know she loves me as I love God. Mm -hmm. Um, But religion, I don't do because religion has always enslaved and controlled. It has always uh, been a tool and a weapon Mm. for uh, acquiring people. And so, like you said, the first ship ship. was, okay, I mean, yes, they prayed and then they came and they snatched us from our lands. There's an African proverb that goes like this. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it. Mm -hmm. But before they came, we had the land and they had the Bible. After they came, we had the Bible and they had the land. Exactly. Exactly. That's the master hustle. You get somebody to believe in something more than they believe in themselves and then you've entrapped them. Yep. And so that was the point of the poem. We believe in something more than we believe in the divinity of ourselves. And honestly, that is 
uh, that's the sentiment of my whole book, Before There Were Guns, There Were Gods. That's why I entitled the book, Before There Were Guns, There Were Gods. Because before we created things to move us away from God, we were gods. Mm. We were just as divine. We could walk on water. We could raise the dead. We can perform the same miracles that they wrote in the book. It, the, the Bible is a book. It was written by somebody, and mm. people forget that. Um, that's right. We that, that, that's a great that. point. That's a great point, my sister. And like I was having that conversation with someone. I was like, I was like, think about it. I was like, the Bible, all those religious books, Bible, Quran, all of them, they have copyrights. I was like, I was like, who who put the paperwork in for the copyright? Was did God exactly. come down? Did he send an angel? Did who who put in this paperwork for the copyright? So follow the money and you'll follow the scam. Like you said, you like the scheme, religion with us, using religion with us because we're so earnest, we're so sincere as a people, and we're so connected with the divine, is that they use this to our disadvantage. They use yes. this to bait us. They take our folklore, they take our folklore, they rebrand it, rename it, shape it differently and say, here, this is what we created and we giving it to you. Yep. When you really yep. think about it, us as a people, you can never expect your enemy, one, your enemy to give you something of benefit. If he gives you anything, anything is, is, to, is to your detriment. It's not to your benefit. Right. So you really got to question anything that someone gives you, but especially someone who has already proven themselves to be treacherous towards you. So you got to really think about what you take in, what you ingest. And this is coming from a person that used to be very, very religious. I used to deal with different religions. You know what I mean? Very vast in studies and, and things of that mm -hmm. nature. And I see it from religion to religion i see the game because when you look at it thinking about about africa and the metal nature and things of that nature when you really look at it all the stuff that they give you the principles that we love so much that we cling to are all principles that we already had so they're they're ingrained in us already so we already recognize them but they just rebranded and they came up with the the concept of monotheism Mono, one God. When you really think about one God, they never, it's never been expressed like that before. Nobody ever put it in, oh, it's only one creator. It's always been the divine. The divine is a collection of different things. It's not just one thing. Correct. It's giving reverence to all these different things and, and recognizing them. But they want to make it one. So what you do when you make something one, you can also monetize on that one you can you can you can corner the market like when you look at pepsi you look at um coca-cola coca-cola also is the owner of sprite they also own fanta now sprite is a clear soda fanta is a fruity soda so you just co mm -hmm. cornering the market but they all being owned by coca-cola coca-cola own all of them so you giving people different varieties of something they may want, but it's all coming back to the same umbrella. And religion, you notice that all three of the world's top religions, they all share the same prophets, all share the same, uh, same, same, same events and things of that nature. Same events, same teachings. Yeah, teachings, but they all disagree. They can't, right. they can't get it together, but they want you to come and say, all right, oh, we got it together. No, you don't My even got it together. My way is the way. Exactly. Correct. Right. You know what I mean? Black I people. I mean, the Crusades was a 200-year war it's, uh, uh, amongst uh, people who were either Christian or Muslim. And, exactly. And, like, they waged a war for 200 years yep. off of the Bible and the Quran. Um, <laughs> and so when you think about those things, when, when we think about our enslavers, and being enslaved individuals, the only time we got a break was on Sunday for them to read certain scriptures yes. of a book. We couldn't read the whole book. We couldn't even learn to read. Yes. And the only book they allowed us to read was the Bible and it was certain scriptures. And the scriptures were about us being obedient to yes. our masters. Yes. Yes. It, 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 you see the you see the 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 the, the purpose of them giving you this. So now that we've come to the point, we're in the stage, we're in the age of Google now. We're in the age of Google. Now, Google got its bad points, but it has its beautiful points also. And one of the beautiful things about Google is that you can be informed. You can 
put any topic you want to learn about and within 15 to 20 minutes, it'll bring you everything up that you need to know about the situation so you can be informed. Back in my day, when I was younger growing up, we didn't have Google. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. You had to go check that out if you wanted to find something for a book report. You couldn't do all that. Oh, I'm just looking up on YouTube or look it up on Google. You didn't have that. So the aspect that we have this knowledge today, we as a people, us as a people, specifically us as a people, we need to utilize this this information and know where it this thing comes from that got us so binded. Because we will cut off relationships, and this is crazy. We will cut off relationships with our family members over religion. Oh, you don't believe? Oh, absolutely. You don't believe? So I, I can't mess with you. You don't believe? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow. Because I, I tell you a, a, a prime example in the Muslim faith. In the Muslim faith, if your family member dies, and they wasn't a Muslim, you can't go to the funeral. You can't go to the funeral and you cannot pray for them. You can't pray for them after they're dead. While they're alive, you can pray for them all day long. But as soon as they're dead, you cannot pray for them no more. So I was like, this is crazy. When you really look at it, you really look at the control and how they try to control you, really control what you do. I say they, they try to control you sexually. Because every all these religions, they put a bind on your sexuality. You got to do Absolutely. this, A, B, C, and D. And they put a bind on your diet. You got to eat X, Y, and Z. And it's not just coincidental that they do this. When you're dealing with any type of mass mass uh, cultism, this is what they do. They, they put some type of restriction on your sexuality, some type of restriction on your diet, and then your mind is going to follow. And we've been getting got over the same shit over and over and over again. It's time for right. us as a and, people. And people can't even realize the bastardization of our culture. Mm. The cross is just uh, an effed up onk. Mm, exactly. <laughs> if you look at the two structures. You know, they, but they, what did they remove from the onk? They removed the womb. They remove women out of Christianity. Exactly. I say any any religion that does not uh, honor womanhood, because I don't know anything more divine than a woman who is able to bring life into I this see. world. So any religion that tells me I am less than is not something that I can honor and follow and believe in, because I know the divinity um, that comes with being a woman. Mm. Not to say that man is not divine as well, because we need each other. That's the whole that's the whole structure of an op. It's man and woman together creates 360 degrees of life. But everything that people judge other people for believing, we all do the same thing. When mm. when people talk about hoodoo or voodoo and, and it's evil and they're yep. conjuring spirits, I'm like, but when you go to church and you talk in tongues, are you <laughs> not exactly, filled with the spirit? Exactly. Are you not? Are you not? Don't you say you feel with the spirit? Exactly. It's the same thing. The when same they light thing. candles in Santeria, that's the same thing as the Catholic Church and yep. the rosary beads yes. and praying to the saints. Like, yes. So, you know, the judgment is there because it is it is a divide and conquer. It is a control thing. It is a who gets the spoils. Mm-hmm. And that's what religion is. But our spirituality is directly connected to our divinity and our connection to God. And I think the, the, the last line of the poem is niggas are scared to believe that they are gods. God, exactly. Because that, that comes with a certain responsibility. <clears throat> That's, I mean, it's you, you, I mean, what you're saying is just so on point. I wrote a piece, right? I wrote a hook. I wrote a hook for a piece that I do with my group uh, called uh, New Niggas. So it's a hook on it. And I said in the hook, they turn gods to niggas and niggas mm. to gods. Forgot who they are. That's why they play so hard. These new niggas. New niggas. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got I to gotta, I gotta put that out. We definitely got to put that out right there. But I'm just thinking about it. But what you're saying along the line of that sentiment is so true. It's so true. Like, what what's in you? will be in you. You are every ancestor that ever lived in your bloodline is in you. Every ancestor that ever lived is inside of you. And that's your connection 
to God. When you pray, prayer is nothing but an external conversation with yourself. It's the higher aspect of yourself. And we need to understand that. We need to know that as a people. And it is not going to be until we understand this fact that we actually rise up and be effective in in fighting back and protecting ourselves. Because we got, they got it so twisted. You got Muslims, you got Muslims that won't mess with a Christian and you got Christians that won't mess with a Muslim, but they both black. They identify with each other with their blackness more than they can identify with that religion that they learned a few years ago. You dig what I'm saying? You, you, you always been Absolutely. black. You dig what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so crazy. And I think it's just a disservice for us. Like you say about the woman, how they, how they just take everything in, in religion and they make it revolve around the male. Even in Islam, in Christianity and Judaism, mm-hmm. the, the child is recognized by the seed of the father. By the mm-hmm. seed of the father, the child is recognized. The mother has no say so. You tell me that you tell it's crazy that you tell me that we came from man. Man was the first. So if man was the first, what do we have physically to see? Anything physically, any physical evidence to see that we emanated from man. But we have everything, exactly. everything to, to show that we emanated from woman. Men both have, we both have nipples, but men have no use for their nipples. We have no Correct. use. So that tells you right there, just an observation, just an observation that that man was the evolution. That woman was the, the origination and the original. The, the original and man evolved. Because you can see women still have use for their nipples. Men don't. Men don't. So you think about it. They want like, us to believe we ate the apple and we damned exactly. all of humanity. All of humanity. All of humanity. Eating an apple on a tree. It's crazy. Damn you, Eve. That's right. That's right. They want us, they want us to curse our God. They want us to curse right. our divine. And you see what I'm saying? Right. It's caused that separation between the two of us. And it's crazy, my sister. You made so many great you points. You touched on something for me, Poetic Black. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason this poem came about. I was having the exact conversation that you you mentioned around if we knew this, if we came into this consciousness of our own internal divinity and our own connection to God, uh, we could protect ourselves. And I was actually having a conversation Mm -hmm. about the fact that we were talking about um, Dylan Roof, the terrorist who Mm -hmm. shot up the church in, I think it was Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm like, you know, black folks, what we do best is we forgive and we turn the other cheek and we are all welcoming and come on in, come on into the room. Let us all receive God. I said, if I live in Brooklyn, New York, there are synagogues all over the place. I live in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. I can go right on Eastern Parkway right now and walk up to a synagogue. If I took my black ass into the synagogue, I would be stopped. There would be no come in and worship with me. There would be no come in, lay your burdens down, let's sit and pray. That's he right. walked into a Bible study one one evening, was invited in, and then he slaughtered them. Mm. And I was like, black people don't protect themselves because black people don't feel like we deserve to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't understand our own divinity. So we allow things to come into the spaces. And I was like, you know, niggas love Jesus more than Jesus love niggas. And that was when the lines just came and the poem just came. But that was the root of the conversation I was having that inspired this piece. Phenomenal piece, man. That piece is needed. That piece, when I do, when I do the editing of this show, I'm definitely going to cut that out and I'm going to blast that because that needs to be heard. Thank you. It definitely needs to be heard. Because I like us as a people, man, we've been down so, so much. I mean, you look at Haiti, look at Haiti and their example when they when they stood up and they revolted. They didn't call Mm -hmm. on Jesus. They called on their ancestors. All of the stuff that they all the stuff that you do that's akin to you as a person, they try to make evil and paganistic. Oh, if you do this, you're going to hell. But you're doing the exact same thing in 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 a different format. But I'm going to hell for doing it. Right. You know, they trick you with this nonsense. And I think that it's something that we as a people really need to be conscious of and understand that by abandoning religion, you're not abandoning God. And for black people, that seems like 
it's it's one in the same. Amen it's, to that. Yep. That it, needs to be on a shirt. <laughs> no, you can. It's okay to abandon religion, and you're still good with God. You know, it's definitely okay, man. And yes. um, us as a people, man, we really need to really think and ponder on that sentiment and really derive some type of conclusion to know that this shit is fucking us up. <laughs> we leave it alone. Just leave that shit alone. But yes, my sister. I agree. Man, I don't want to take up the whole show on this one piece, but we can do a whole show on that one piece alone. But Thank I want to, I, I, I want to get you back into uh, doing another piece for the for the family because I know my audience was like, "Yo, let us spit again, let us spit again." All right. All so, right. <laughs> so okay, I'm let- gonna pull up this piece, and I wrote this as an ode to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I am I'm born and mostly raised. I say mostly raised. Cause I did, I did, I lived in Georgia for a couple of years when I was younger, but born in Brooklyn, born in Brooklyn hospital from Brooklyn. My family's from Brooklyn. Mama born in Brooklyn, grandmama born in Brooklyn. So I'm third generation Brooklynite. Oh, right. And Brooklyn, it's a love affair with Brooklyn. I'm in love with Brooklyn, but this is how I felt towards Brooklyn. And the poem is entitled a nigga. I used to love a nigga. I used to love. All right. Let me set the stage up for you. Coming cool. b- coming back to the stage, let's give a nice warm, warm welcome to the lovely Ayanna McNeil. A nigga I used to love. The day he left me for a white woman, I cried. Then I spat fire at his feet and threatened to burn his shit down. He apologized, told me it was only appearances, and that deep down he was the same nigga I fell for. Still hardcore, still rotten to his core, and always mine. But he lied. I saw that motherfucker sitting with Becky on Fort Greens Park. Hugged up after darks, comfortable as shit too, as if he knew the streets and I wouldn't clap back. He even had her ride the A&C train past Clinton and Washington. They trucked their happy asses off at Utica. I used to be his main thing. His Nubian queen who hugged the block, who packed his rocks, who tucked his glocks. But now he has checkered socks and blue bike helmets. No more Philly blunts if Starbucks runs. This nigga really deaded me for a white bitch. We don't even chill by Marcy no more. No link-ups at the corner store. No mumble sauce on fries. It's vegan and neighborhood gardens. It's unreal. I can't even feel comfortable in Brownsville because he's been parading that bitch around Picking Avenue, too. I don't know what to do. I lost my first love. You see, it's really bothering me, y'all. His his facelift fucks with me daily. I remember when he used to kiss me each morning with stale breath and last night's aftertaste. And now he's manicured and groomed before the sun rises. His change was abrupt. I walk past him in the hallway and don't recognize him. And I'm pissed because I never left his side. It's like he's a lover with a double life. Two homes, two sets of kids, and two wives. He disappoints me. Whitewashed our memories away like it was unwanted graffiti on storefronts. Stuffing capitalistic big businesses down my throat till I choke. Serving me bullshit light and sweet over ice. We used to be bold and brazen like bourbon chilling on broken corners and shaded stoops. There used to be rhythm and there was blues. Hip hop was the heartbeat. We used to play a different tune. But now there's more cops and random stops than there are light posts. He used to be so thorough. But he don't even fuck with me like that anymore. It hurts me because I used to brag about his uniqueness, his fire, his spirit, his core. But he's cheated on me, y'all, and left me craving that old thing back. Where's Brooklyn at? Where's Brooklyn at? Yes, 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 yes. If you're a Brooklyn Knight, if you're a Brooklyn Knight, you definitely can resonate with this poem. Oh, my God. You're talking about this gentrification. Yo, this shit. Yo, that poem right there, Queen, man. Oh, my God. I love the way you put that together, man. I love the way you put that together because you see it, too. Because I'm in Brownsville. And you definitely see the influence on Picking Nav. On Picking Nav, you see it right there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow, man, that poem is 
Wow, man. That joint right Brooklyn there. Brooklyn has lost its flavor. I mean, it, it happened. It feels like it happened overnight. It's been systematic. Anybody understands yes. how gentrification works? It works in a system. So I wrote that piece because, like I said, I'm a Brooklynite pre-gentrification. And, you know, I went to school in, in Clinton Hills riding the ANC train and they used to get off at Clinton and Washington. They were not riding past Lafayette. Mm. So we knew we was going to get a seat because all the white folks was going to get off when they came from Manhattan. And and I imagine my shock when they started to go to Utica, when they yep. started to get off at Kingston and Troop with me, when they started <laughs> to go to, to Broadway Junction. I was like, oh shit, this is different. <laughs> they walking their dog. I saw a white woman walking her dog on Pickett Avenue because I, I hang out in Brownsville all the time. I, mm. I go to my writing group in Brownsville. She was walking the dog on Pickett Avenue and Mother Gaskin. I'm like, oh, well, that's different. That's crazy because you see it around they're, here. Because if you look on Belmont, stealing the flavor out yes, of Brooklyn. Yes, and the thing is, this this is what I noticed. This is what I noticed on Franklin Avenue. I, I was raised on Franklin by my grandmother on Eastern Parkway in Franklin. If you're familiar with that area, you know that. I'm area right, right over there. here. I live in Crown Heights. I'm right over here. You know what I'm saying? 302 Eastern Parkway. Now, I grew up on this strip right here. And it was never like white people. Only time you seen white people was going to the botanical gardens. They would come right. up from the shelter, um, from the shuttle um, train. They would keep pushing it up to, to towards the botanical garden. Quick, they, fast, quick fast, But they never walked past that area. Now, that whole block it's damn near white. It's a Starbucks it over there. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, there's oh. a Starbucks right at the corner of right. Franklin and Eastern Parkway. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, holy snap. I went over there. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I went into my grandmother's building and I didn't even recognize it. I was like, oh, snap. It goes to show you what happens. And, th and that's the thing about community. Black people, us, we need to understand our power, the power of community. And, and, and understand that all these things that's happening in your community is very much preventable if we bind together. You don't have to support these businesses. These businesses coming into your into your neighborhood don't give nothing back. I always talk about the, the Chinese restaurants on every other corner in the hood. You go to the you go to them, you want to put a block party up, you like, all right, yo, we can go to China man, ask them for some food to donate to the block party. Oh, no, no, no. You buy everything. You buy. You buy. Everything is, is you got to buy. But you get Absolutely. money 365 days a year in this hood. You get money. Every day you get money in this hood. You give nothing back. You take that money. You take it. Go bring it to Queens. You take that money. Take it to wherever you at in your suburban neighborhood in New York City. And you're sending your, your, your children to Stuyvesant. You're sending your children to Harvard off all that hood money. And they've been getting that money since food stamps. I remember yeah. when the Chinaman used to get asked for food stamps. It was the only yeah. place that took food stamps for hot food. The only place. And they was getting money from back then in the 80s. They was getting that money. And they, just oh, sent, yeah. they sent all their children to college and all that. And you still destitute in the hood. You got to understand your power. And the power of us is that we have the power to consume. So we can choose who we consume from. And we don't want to consume from you. We want to consume from someone who looks like us, who feel right. like us, who's been through the same shit like us. And that's what we need to do as a people, man. But that's crazy. I that completely agree. We are the top consumers in the world. We, our money leaves our pocket and it doesn't circulate back into our neighborhoods, not once. Mm. Um, and we just buy into the notion that we don't have that control. Our buying power is in the trillions of dollars. Yes. Trillions of one dollars. Point, they say 1.4 some trillion every year. Annually. Right. Right. And yet we watch our neighborhoods be colonized, yes. be seized. Like we have to use language like that. Language is important. So, you know, people throw out the word gentrification, but gentrification kind of goes over certain people's heads. So mm -hmm. let's let's call it what it is. Like our neighborhoods are being seized. Like right. grandmama's being pushed out. She can't afford to stay. Mm -hmm. It's not that she doesn't want to stay. She can't afford to stay. That's right. Uh, you you know, um, cousins and homegirls, they got to leave a place that was always home because they can't afford to stay. Mm. Or they'll do some shit like eminent domain and just take your shit. Take your shit. You have to understand, like, it's 
it's really um, systematic and we have the buying power to control that. We don't utilize it in the way that that adds to our benefit. Ask yourself why it is so hard to see Black-owned businesses in neighborhoods. Why is a sprinkle of Black-owned business set? Everybody else got a business. Mm-hmm. Like you said, China Man got the Chinese food. Uh, the Jews got it on lock up and down Kingston Avenue and Eastern Parkway. They gonna always have their building straight. Yep. The the Spanish always can open up the corner store. The, the, the uh, Middle Eastern Islamic yep. folks can always have a, a corner store. Why, why are there no black-owned corner stores? Exactly. And when you look at all these stores that's in the hood, it's all occupied. The main consumer in the store is black people. But no black Absolutely. person owned no no convenience store in, in the neighborhood. And it's crazy that we got to start thinking like that. They don't allow you to come in their neighborhoods to set up shop. Because exactly. it's like when you look at the game, look at, you look at the drug game. When you're in the drug game, you don't even come on somebody's block and get money on their block and, and if nothing's going to happen, even in that type of mentality. So why would it be anything different dealing with this type of economic that we need to come together? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that you can't come and get money or if you're going to come get money here, you got to pay dues. You just can't come get money in the neighborhood and don't pay nothing. You need to pay. You need to pay a monthly stipend or a monthly grant that you're giving back to the I neighborhood agree. every every single month. You're getting money every single day. So you need to give back and we need to demand that in our neighborhoods and then we'll see our neighborhoods get like the way we want them to because these people come in buy up all the property and then they then they occupy these stores and they patronize these stores that they're opening up in the in the neighborhood black people you're the biggest consumer just understand that understand that your buying power is very strong and that only way you're going to get them to look at you and pay attention to you when you start attacking their pockets because that's all they want you for i agree they want to exploit you i agree and we got to exploit I them. I agree. Exactly. You should get something for what you Nothing pay for. Nothing talks like money. Nothing, Nothing talks, talks like, like money. money. Nothing talks like money. But my sister, let me get you back in to the groove because you got one more piece for us, man. You got one more piece. I got one more. All right. So check it out. Let I got me, one more. Let me set up. The, let me set up because I, I got to have you back, man. This, this got to be a part two. I got to have you back because I got an idea for a panel that I want to bring certain spoken artists, certain spoken word artists back and discuss certain things that's going on in our community. And I want to get a perspective. I would love that. Definitely. I want to do a, like a four person panel, maybe two guys, two females, and just have an open discussion on what's going on in our community, man. Cause we need to talk about these things, man. Like, I thank you for creating this platform. Like kudos to you. Shout out to you for just creating this space. Thank you, uh, for artists to that. share. So thank you, Poetic Black. I, I thank you for that. what you're doing. So uh, uh, matter of fact, since you mentioned that, I wanted I want to let the audience know before we get into that piece of yours that I'm starting something new on my Tuesday show. My Tuesday show, because on Fridays, I usually do a guest. I usually uh, interview an artist and we do that. I release that on Fridays. But Tuesday, I just use the general type topics and we just go about that. But what I'm starting to do is I'm going to start a new section of Spoken Soul Sessions and it's going to be Spotlight Tuesdays. So Spotlight Tuesdays is I'm going to take every Tuesday I drop a a podcast. I'm going to take a spoken word artist randomly. I don't have to know them. But I'm going to find their art on the internet or whatever. And if they're dope, I'm going to spotlight them on the show. If you guys want to get spotlighted on the show, hit me up at SpokenSoulSessions at gmail.com. You got a piece that's already ready, done, MP3 format. Send it to me. I'll put it on the show. I'll definitely spotlight you because this is the purpose of this platform is to to have it open for all spoken word artists. And um, definitely that's what we're going to do. So coming back to the stage performing her final piece give a warm spoken soul sessions round of applause to the lovely miss ayana mcneil this last piece is entitled ego tripping shout out to the original g nikki giovanni I got a reason to be ego tripping. Biologically, you cannot beat me. My kinky hairs are designed to uphold crowns. My broad back and thick thighs prevent me from going down. 
My black blood runs freely over centuries, creating babies and revolutions before sunsets. While you built sandcastles, we built pyramids of intellect, raced around the world and made it back in time to harvest fruits of labor across triangles of watery graves. Having cornrows braided into our psyche, yet still, biologically, you cannot beat me. Faster than the speeding bullet, you took a lot from us and we still succeeded. Called us niggas, devils, and monkeys, suck milk from our mother's breast and still cannot digest that we are superior. Called this world an equal opportunity, yet you had to create slavery. Lynching and killing, trying to control me. Melanin drenched the longest time spent. We've cultivated long before you caught the drift. Danced where you crawled, ruled where you roamed, survived where you couldn't, created what you didn't. Biologically, you cannot beat me. History already told you that. Your women created dresses to resemble the arch in my back. Mentally raped and physically pillared through my abundance of kings just to fill the heaven I've always known down in between. You washed in the now, shot down the sphinx nose, captured and sold, and still you know that if we went 200,000 years more, whatever you tried to be, you still couldn't beat me. I got a reason to be ego tripping. Peace. got me over here going crazy over here man oh man i feel <laughs> like i'm bad. like i feel like I'm, I'm i'm at a poetry slam man I'm, I'm, I'm at a feature we just chilling watching man i'm just going i'm this is the poet in me i'm loving this i mean thank that piece, you that you, you do your thing girl that's that swag i'm talking about man that's right man you got a reason to hate me <laughs> i see that that was that I one line. To be ego that's right. That one line you said that you 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 designed dresses that resembles the arch in my back. Mm -mm -mm. Brothers, brothers and sisters don't be knowing that history. That history, man. That history. They want you. They want to be you. What do you think Botox is for? What do you think tanning bars is for? What Hello. do you think about all this? What do you think this stuff is for? When you do it, when you do it, they, you. they say, "Oh, oh, that's so urban." When they do it, it's 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 oh it's chic. Oh, it's you know what I'm saying? Like remember Bo Derek when she had cornrows? They went all crazy. Yes. Uh, they, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, she what did she do to her right. hair? Like we've been doing cornrows for But a centuries. black girl is you, ghetto. Exactly. You know? So that whole that recent debate, the recent debate on social media about the bonnets, I'm like, listen. You know, everything that a black woman does is capitalized on and sold. We mm -hmm. are we are consumed. Everything that I am is consumed. That's but right. when I do it, I'm I'm degraded for it. That's right. I'm judged for it. That's I'm called right. ghetto. I'm called classless. But if if a bonnet showed up at Fashion Week on the runway, that would be fashion forward. Yep. It would be a thousand dollar bonnet by Gucci. Yep. It's yep. like you know, we we are the gold standard. We That's got right. a reason to be ego tripping. We have the reason. I said that in a poem. I was like, they curse us for the black in us, then profit off our pain. You curse us for Absolutely. the black in us. Every time you see us, oh, you black this, you black that, but you profit the most off my black pain, my culture, my everything. It's you who are the bloodsuckers, the yep. vampires. You sit there and you can't wait to just sit there and leech. Leech off my creativity, leech off my off, off my designs. I mean, so many things that that's that's indicative to America. It's actually black inspired, black creative. Black culture, absolutely. Yeah. The world, though. Yeah. Not just in the, like, the world consumes black culture. That's right. You That's go right. over to Japan and they got more cornrows and Tim's and mm. streetwear than a little bit. They, they always want to emulate us because, right. I mean, they are of us. Like, we are the original people. So they know they are children. Definitely. They just, you know, had the tantrums out here in the street. <laughs> but they want to emulate who created them. Mm. And they're mad about it because they know that they can't get it like we got it. That's right. And that that's the poem. The poem is straight like that. It mm. is a straight piece. Uh, I am bragging. I am telling you. Yes, we ruled when you roamed when your that's ass right. was sitting in your filth that's right. and your squalor that's right we were sitting in that's gold right. encrusted 
kingdoms. We came over there and told you how to wash your own ass. Exactly. So we absolutely have a reason to be ego tripping. Yes, that is an actual historical fact Fact. that a certain style in Europe, European history, where the dresses were embellished and the clinched corset waist and the boutonnieres and all of that, it was designed to shape their women like mm-hmm. African women's yeah. bodies. The hot and tight. That they searched it over. Yeah. The hot and tights. The, the hot and tights that they had in, in, in what you call where they had that sister uh, displayed for all those years. Yes. All those years, yes. yeah, they they want to be you. That's that's the thing that you don't recognize is that when 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 we as a people, right, we we hate each other. They 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 teach us to think so lowly of ourselves, but everything that they bring us is supposed to be elevated and it's supposed to be celebrated. That's why it pisses me off when I see when I see our brothers and sisters. We'll celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We'll celebrate. We'll celebrate the Fourth of July. We'll celebrate all crazy. these, all these different crazy holidays that has nothing to do with us or our struggle. And when it comes to something black or something come black inspired, we look at it as being bootleg. We look at it as being like, oh, that's that's as a knockoff. I heard Jim Jones once time. He said in an interview, he was like, oh. I'm not going to rock no rock away. I'm not going to rock that. I'm going to rock the real shit. I'm going to rock the Ephesus. I'm going to rock this or the real brand. I'm like, you don't, you don't get it. My brother, that is you. Even that shit that right. you're calling is real is really yours because it emanated from your culture. This is something Correct. you created and you don't understand that. You think you give them license to come in and take your creativity and, and repackage it. And and just pass it off as like it's their own. Deface Absolutely. the Absolutely, I call it the, the Kardashian women. curse. Like, look at the look at the Kardashian clan. Mm-hmm. All that they do to their bodies is to bring them closer into a darker hue and to more Africanized features: the butts, the hips, the lips. Yes. all of the, they are purposely selecting men of color to have children with yes. to extend their lineage because they understand how that works and how melanin works. Mm-hmm. I, like it's just pay attention. They yep. they want you to hate yourself so that you believe that you are worthless while they they ascribe to be everything that you are. So mm-hmm. if I'm so worthless, why do you want to look like me? Exactly. Why do you want to talk like me? Why do you want to dress like me? Why do you want to fuck me? Why do you want to fuck the men who who come from me? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to eat the food I eat? Why do you want to embody who I am if I am worthless? If exactly. I do not matter. Exactly. So well put, my sister. I mean, I wish I could be here all day with you, Queen, for real, man. But I'm going to have to end the show. But I want yes. you to tell everyone. I want you to tell everyone because we want to support you, my sister. Where you can find all of your merchandise, how we can how we can support you, like what website we can go to to support you, like what we have to do to get into the business of Ayanna McNeil. We we need to we need to get Thank you there you. where you need to be, my sister. Tell us. Please. I appreciate it. So everything is under Harriet Return. Harriet like Harriet Tubman returned, like she's coming back to free our asses again. <laughs> um, and so my website is www harryreturn.com I'm Harriet Return on Instagram and Facebook and also YouTube so if you need a little morning motivation in your life I drop morning motivational messages on YouTube um, so you can follow the YouTube subscribe to YouTube or follow me on Instagram I think I'm the funniest person I know so <laughs> there's always antics on my social media and you can hop on to my website to connect with me. And all of my merchandise is for sale on my website. I got T-shirts, hats. Yes. Uh, both of my books are available as well. Before There Were Guns, There Were Gods, which is the collection of poetry. And Half of What You See, The Scars of Love, which is uh, the first novel in the trilogy that I'm working on. Definitely. And we going, we definitely got to go support you. We Send me the links of everything that you just said and I'm gonna definitely put that in the description when I drop this episode so they you. can just have those links they can just click on it and go right there so my sister man I, I definitely appreciate 
appreciate you coming down, sitting, sitting to the go, coming to the Spoken Soul Session studio, sitting down with us, and let us get into your mind. You have a wonderful mind, my queen. You have a wonderful mind, and your poetry. Thank you so much. Your poetry definitely inspires. And that's what we need. This is what this platform is for. It's for the spoken word artists. I want to urge all of my, my all my people out there, all the listeners, if you want to get on the show, holla at me at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. Send me a link. Send me somewhere where I can go and look at your work. And I'll definitely get you on the show. And check out the spotlight that's coming up soon where I will definitely spotlight one spoken word artist around the country. I'm going to find you. If your work is out there, I'm going to be looking and I'll spot you out and I'll, and I'll spotlight you. So my sister, once again, I want to thank you for taking your time to come to the Spoken Soul Session Studio, man, and blessing us with your wisdom, blessing us with your words. Thank you so much. It I, was my pleasure, Poetic Black. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for this platform. Y'all, please support. Most um, thank this is you, a wonderful thing that you are giving artists the opportunity in this space to share. So thank you. Thank you, thank my you so sister. Much. Thank you. Remember, guys, always speak your soul and love each other because I love you and I hope you love me too.